0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go.
1: All right. Welcome to the podcast. Season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. at on Twitter at 31 Roberts.
1: Fuck at side action pod on Twitter. I don't even know if I said side action at the top, by the way, uh, action. We're a little off this week. We're taping a day late. We've lost a green the last couple of days. But you can see, <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you can see our uh, esteemed action with his new circa hat, uh, his Purdue garb. So he is fully decked out uh, promoting circa and his boilers.
0: Yeah, this is not the only thing that I won on Thursday, and I, actually, I had to pay for it, so I don't even think I could call it a win. This hat here, I figured it would be a good addition to my repertoire so that I can uh, rep circle over town.
1: That's right. a boy. a boy. Yeah, and as you know, uh, we had a big, big weekend in, uh, out in Vegas. It was a good time. Um, we had Prime as well as Night Rings, and there were some fun times. I mean, I can't say there was some calamity like we've had in years past, but... You know, we had some hot rolls. Uh, we did hit, obviously, a stadium swim, which was a ball. Was a little cool to start the day. Uh, we were there at eight in the morning. It was a little chilly. Everybody was under the under the towels. It was pretty funny. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we 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 had some good sets going. Uh, we had a rough start in the brackets. At least I did, but we bounced back and got some wins and some great games over the weekends for for sure. It was like incredible games. And I don't know what the highlight for you action. There were a couple highlights for me. One personally, when I had the hot roll at I think it was Golden Gate, we had that. We were there for like four hours till like four in the morning, and I don't know, I was slapping high fives and Prime picked me up after I won him like two grand on a roll or something. Um, (laughs) And the other one was when we when we did the roll on St Patrick's Day evening at O'Shea's. It wasn't necessarily our roll. That lady was like her rookie roll, and she ended up rolling all the numbers on her first try which is incredible. We'll probably never do it again for the rest of our
0: life. Yeah. Yeah, I can't forget on Wednesday night at Paris when uh, we mm-hmm. hit the bonus and I caught a little heat from the pit boss who decided That's to true. get in my face because he thought I was, quote, manipulating the dice. And he knew but, what you were doing.
1: You knew. What you, I know he said that. He <laughs> knew what you were doing. Yeah, winning. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, we had that little NARC. You said the NARC dealer was, right. was all over you. But, um, but anyway, it's hilarious. So, but great trip. Um, you know, Obviously, we'll hope to replicate the trip, the September trip, and just kind of keep this rolling within time the last couple of years. And um, it was a good time. And it was in Vegas was teeming with life. I don't know about you, actually. Oh, yeah. You've been back there since I went in September. But market difference, at least from last year this year, and even from I remember when we went in September of 2019 which was a you know big trip first opening NFL weekend there was more people there even this different you know this weekend so definitely Vegas is better
0: yeah and I mean back from a general sense too I don't I saw a number of people who didn't really even pay attention to basketball it seemed like it was just like the normal crowd that was out and about on the street throughout the weekend so I was definitely glad to see that
1: yeah it was fun um yeah, some, some you know, wild, wild scenes as always, but we didn't, you know, we didn't get anything major trouble, which is in some ways disappointing, but in some ways probably for the best. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, well, let's, let's jump into it here. Actually, it's going to be kind of a shorter episode. I don't know if you end up put a golf on here, but, um, you know, we're, we're recording Thursday, the 24th. Uh, Sweet 16 is about to tip off in like about an hour and a half or so. Uh, We weren't able to tape yesterday, but we'll go over both the games this week and maybe potentially eight matchups from this weekend. Um, But let's go over the teams remaining. I like how you did this. So Ashton has adapted his index to just the Sweet 16, as I've done with the Ken Palm ratings that I do. Um, So let's walk through this. And obviously we lost some huge, you know, we we haven't done a full recap, but you lost some big teams at the top. Mm -hmm. So there aren't the full top ten. You've lost a couple big teams, but – you still have several of them from the original top ten.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting to see that in the action index here. I think I count uh, at least eleven out of the out of the top sixteen in my index are still remaining, and there's You're of right. course five additional teams below that. The bottom five teams being Michigan, Providence, Iowa State, Miami, and Saint Peter's. But it's pretty uh, coincidental that that many eleven of those top 16s are. 16 teams are still alive, and I maintain that any number of those teams could probably win the championship, and I'll even add Providence in there because they have such an incredible luck factor this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we try to go against Providence again, you know, a little, little foreshadowing. They, they came through not just once but twice. Um, and then there's certain teams, as you have in your index, the 15th team, number 15 in your index is North Carolina. You know, they they obviously, you know, spoiler alert, they beat, they beat Baylor, in an epic game, but they've, they've been on a tear and, um, you know, they they're dangerous too. And they're coming out of really the, the side of the bracket with the one seed gone. Uh, that whole bracket's kind of destroyed, right? Cause in the, is the four seed
0: gone in that one too? Um, yes. Yeah. That was uh, Oh no, UCLA is the four seed.
1: UCLA is a four seed there. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so they got to still get through UCLA, but I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of wide open in that bracket in particular, um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, and obviously the, we'll kind of jump into the results, I guess, now in civics, but the highlight everybody should know by now is the St. Peter Peacocks, you know, St. Peter's Peacocks. We didn't know. I didn't know the Peacocks were on Wednesday, full disclosure. The trivia team, you know, yesterday I did trivia. We finished second. We did great. Last week they sent me a picture of these mascots. I'm like, I know it's a peacock. I have no idea what school it's from. Oh, now I do. Everybody does. St. Peter's not only won their first ever game in the NCAA tournament, they won too. They'd take out Kentucky, and then they took out Murray State, who you like to beat Kentucky. And this team isn't a traditional mid-major team. They're not a team that shoots 7, 10, 15 threes. They made three threes in beating Murray State. You know, it's it's They're just a solid basketball team. And what I've heard is their coach is going to be going to Seton Hall. That's what I've yeah. heard Because the Seton Hall guys going to Maryland. So, It's unfortunate that, you know, these teams have these great pop-up seasons and then they'll probably disappear. But, I mean, they may have a shot this weekend.
0: Uh, St. Peter's? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) We can talk about that later.
1: Well, let's go over some of these. Uh, We obviously didn't have a stellar day, especially the first day of the tournament. Um, I guess, you know, we opened the game with uh, Michigan CSU, you know, Actually, let's let a handle for the entire Mountain West to win 0-4 in the tournament. Uh, we kind of talked about how great, I talked about how great they were this year. And it was great they got four teams in, but they did a single win, which was, you would mark that as as an option that we should have, you know, exercised against people, against the Mountain West, which, good call on that one, actually.
0: Yeah, I think that just adds to their terrible performance over the last five years. I think they certainly haven't gone over in recent tournaments but San Diego State has won some games but across the board I think they're covering at like probably a less than 15 percent clip recently and it's certainly something to remember for next season
1: yeah CSU it's, it's a shame I mean I, I wish I would have bet the first half line because they were definitely dogs and they were up big at halftime but mm-hmm. Michigan figured them out and unfortunately your guy Roddy the body as you call them last week I don't know what the hell they were doing they weren't giving the ball they weren't giving when he did get the ball he played good in the block and then they forget about it. So sorry, Rams, good season, but you're out. Um, you know, we like the Jackrabbits, they didn't come through. We, the aforementioned Providence came through big. The game was close, but yeah. unfortunately Providence did cover the number in and won. Um, Memphis was a team we liked and they actually did perform well. They won the first game did have the, the Zags in a position where they could have maybe won that game. They're up by 10 at halftime, but the Zags were able to survive in the second round. Um, a team that kind of maybe not a surprise. We had already mentioned North Carolina knocked off Baylor. That was a really interesting game, action. I mean, they were down by 25 points with about, I don't know, seven, eight minutes to go in the game. And they came all the way back to tie the game. And I'm like, all right, you know, Baylor's going to cover. But no, uh, North Carolina was able to weather the storm. And frankly, some bad officiating. I think the ejection of the forward there for North Carolina was bullshit with the elbow. Um but you know Baylor played pretty well. I just think they switched up to a pressing style defense, which you know we can see if that matters this week. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I've I've heard an uh, interview this week with Chris Patola, who's a ESPN mm-hmm. commentator. He yeah. astutely recognized that the officiating in the Big 12 all season long has been very lenient in terms of yeah. allowing physical play go. And right. obviously, we saw last week that the the Big 12 teams got called for a lot of fouls. And, uh, and certainly in that game in the comeback they allowed Baylor really to roughhouse North Carolina all over the court which allowed them back yeah. into the game
1: Well, I think that's kind of true for the Big Ten too from what I've seen true. I think that that's one of the reasons why you saw a poor performance a lot of people are talking about the poor performance of the Big Ten but it's true uh, if you're not going to get all those calls like you know or whatever you're not going to get gonna let those plays go I think it matters um, you know Iowa was a victim to that and that was a, a tough one but you know, Iowa couldn't couldn't hit a three and that was their hallmark all season so richmond got the upset um what are some of the other ones i've been mean, talking about st peter's and, and kentucky First uh, state did get the first one but lost the second um indiana god you know in the first four they looked pretty good i really liked them that st mary's game and they got crushed i don't i don't even know what happened to That it's almost like they kind of gave up midway through that game
0: yeah the second half performance was dismal and i think that part of it was due to just the schedule that they had played you know, five games in the last seven days at that point, And their legs just caught up with them, plus the travel to Portland.
1: Right. A couple of these other ones on the bottom half, just kind of going through the bracket. I mean, Auburn, we were, I wasn't big on Auburn this year. I just thought their draw was easy, but they proceeded to get knocked off on Sunday. Um, so, you know, the SEC has one team remaining. So I guess we were wrong. They were not the toughest conference yeah. in America. I was wrong. Um, Big 12 came up bigger and even the ACC which I still don't I still contend they have a down year but they definitely perform well in the tournament but Auburn I mean they just they got crushed in their game it was kind of shocking that Miami ran them out of the gym Mm -hmm.
0: yeah they just didn't perform well on the road this season and the neutral court venue was a key to that too
1: Yeah, and then um, we like Texas Tech. We'll talk about them a little more this week. Um, My Virginia Tech pick was awful, so I was on the wrong ACC teams, obviously. Uh, Chattanooga really should beat Illinois. Illinois got beat pretty bad by Houston, but Chattanooga had that game. They led by all but 25 seconds and ended up losing the game. It was kind of a bummer, Mm -hmm. not just for my money line ticket, but also just, you know, that was a team that that was really good. Um, Davidson, you were big on them to even beat Duke. But, you know, Michigan State kind of gridded it out at the end, and then they, they played really well against Duke. You know, I thought that was yeah. one of the uh, Big Ten
0: performances. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were in command in that game until very late, and ultimately it was a horrible beat if you were on Michigan State plus the points in that one because Duke got the cover.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. A um, couple other things. we Obviously, Wisconsin also got knocked out. <laughs> You know, shocker. We thought difficult. it'd be against Colgate. Uh, it wasn't Colgate it was the next game, but um, it was just kind of wild. And then even Notre Dame got a game. Notre Dame got a got a win. We kind of Rutgers blew that game in the first four. When we watched that game, on, I think it was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame ends up winning in overtime, and then they come out and beat Alabama. So we were right on the Alabama being weak. But I know you and I both flipped, thinking Notre Dame couldn't do it, but they you know they played pretty well.
0: Yeah, I was impressed with Notre Dame on Sunday too against Texas Tech. They were right in that game and had a chance to win it at the end, but the Red Raiders just made more plays towards the end, so certainly a surprising and uh, very good performance from the Irish.
1: Yeah, they closed the game, I think, on like a 10-0 run, if I'm not mistaken, with Texas Tech, so kind of wild. All right, so let's go over the Sweet 16 games, um, and you know, obviously, I just realized I haven't even written an article this week, so I, I was going to put information on. I guess I'll wait till the final four. Um, <laughs> so here we go. So uh, we start off with a game that's going to start in about an hour, Arkansas against the Zags. The Zags were really pushing both of their games. Even against Georgia State, they weren't playing too well. But uh, they're open up. They're a 9.5-point favorite on the opener. I think they're 10 right now, at least at Rivers. 155-point uh, total. They're playing in San Francisco. It looks like you're leading to the Zags um, – you know, obviously, the SEC hasn't shown well in this tournament, uh, Arkansas being the last representative. I, I like the Zags and the points. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm the Razorbacks, and the points, you know, I've been on them all year. Ten points I definitely like. Nine and a half is, is tough, but you kind of think the Zags are going to basically learn from their first week's mistakes and come out smoking, right?
0: Well, I, I expect they're going to start slow again, to be honest with you, much like they have in the first two games. But I just... I foresee this game coming down to the wire and Gonzaga just getting outside the number in the mm. end. I, I think that uh, Arkansas, while Jalen Williams on the inside is a terrific inside defender, he's really the only guy that they have. And I'm not sure that Arkansas defensively is going to be able to match up with both Timmy and Holmgren at the same time. Sure. And so I expect that Gonzaga is going to get a lot of points easy on the inside. And on the other side, I'm not sure that Arkansas is going to be willing to run with them like they normally would. Because if Musselman chooses to run with them, they're going to get run right out of the gym.
1: They're going to get beat,
0: yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I think they're going to have to slow the game down a little bit, which is not really the way that they like to play effective offense. And so I, I just have a feeling that Arkansas knows that the slow game is the only way that they have a chance, and that's just going to allow them to score less points and. I'm probably not betting on it. I uh, I do lean to Gonzaga, though. I like the under quite sounds a bit. Sounds
1: like you like the under. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, yeah, sounds like you like the under.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's w- like 156 last I checked, and I'm projecting a total here, 147. So pretty significant value on the under in this game for me.
1: Gotcha. You know I'm just waiting for Musselman to take a shirt off and then showing his wife again. That's all I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Next game is in San Antonio. It's Michigan against Villanova. Uh, Villanova, we didn't really talk about them in the, the opening weekend. They played very well. Um, solid. You know, they, they got pushed a little bit, but they certainly, played well, the two seed. Michigan's very well. Um, you know, they, they won pretty easily in the second game. So now here we go. Uh, Villanova's a five-point favorite, 135-point total. Uh, you like Michigan plus the five-and-a-half. Um, it's interesting because I don't think you liked them most of the season, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: yeah. So... I don't know, actually. I want to hear your handicap because it looks like I'm against you both ways so far. Not that I love Villanova. I think that they're a good team. You just think Michigan's catching fire at the right time?
0: Yeah, and um, I I think they're going to be without Devontae Jones again. The point guard only played one out of four quarters the opening weekend. He sat out the first round against uh, Colorado State. And so, uh, then came back to play in the second game, and he's been re- trying to recover from that concussion that he had in the Big Ten tournament, and then immediately got knocked out again against Tennessee. Right. So for that reason, they've been going to the backup point guard, and the, this I think his name is Collins. The backup point guard is a terrific he's defender, great. He's playing and great. Uh, he's I, I think he's going to lock down on Gillespie. So I mean, kind of haphazardly, Howard presumably walked into this matchup. Uh, nightmare that he's going to have on gillespie and i think collins ability to play defense on that side of the ball is going to be a big help for michigan right and on on the other side i think that dickinson has a matchup advantage on the inside offensively
1: he does he always does um he's obviously he's been the difference maker so far i just i don't know you know jay wright's a really good tournament coach and um I don't think he's got the team to win it all this year, but I think that they could. I mean, they certainly have the makeup with with the guard play, and their bigs. I mean, they play such solid basketball. Michigan, in stretches, plays like crap, and we'll see. And maybe you're right. Maybe they're catching. I like you know the other freshman. The what's his name? The shooter. Houston. Houston. I really like him a lot. He's playing really well. I think he's definitely the biggest impact player. I mean, he gets heat checks moments where he's jacking threes, but they need that. Um, should be a really good game. So I'm looking forward to that one tonight.
0: Yeah, so and I think the total in this one, I mean, Villanova plays extremely slow pace. So right. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. I'm not touching the total, but that was just another tick mark on the side of Michigan in terms of taking the points.
1: Sure, but, because it's a value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. So Texas Tech versus Duke. So we finally mm-hmm. get like a matchup. Well, I guess the one for Arkansas Zags is you know, scripted. Uh, here we go the Texas Tech versus Duke um, this this keeps that moving all over the board I know you had it at minus one or it was minus one Duke early then I saw a plus one last night when I wrote it now it's minus half a point Duke so it's right hovering around that pick em mark hundred and thirty seven point total it's the other game in San Francisco of course you love Texas Tech you've got a, you know you got a ticket on them mm-hmm. here's the question I have for you and I think you probably watched the game we were watching the game right the the Duke uh, Michigan State came together? And,
0: yeah, uh, no, that was on Sunday.
1: We were back that on Sunday. Sunday. Okay, that was this whole game. And Michigan State, as I said, played great. And they actually had like a five or six point lead or something late. And then Duke flipped a switch. And they're one of the only teams I think that can flip a switch. And it doesn't mean I think they're going to play you know, wall to wall in this one. But... Look, if they can play like that, they're going to win the title. I don't think – I'm just telling you like that. If they play the last five minutes, like you know, the way they did the last five minutes last game for the rest of the tournament, they'll win it. But can they? I don't know. we talked about it. Coach K even said it himself. It wasn't him, as we all know he doesn't coach anymore. <laughs> um, it was his players. So I do think if, if they're going to let Texas Tech play the bully ball as they play, Duke doesn't – they're going to lose the game. I mean, Texas Tech's going to win. But I don't see that happening. I think this is a Coach K special where he's going to make it to Elite Eight. So I just think Duke's going to win this basketball game.
0: Unfortunately, I tend to agree in that if you're betting on Texas Tech tonight, it's going to be you versus the Duke Five and the three officials because there's no doubt in my mind that Duke is going to get the benefit of a few whistles tonight. Mm -hmm. and, uh, And it's going to be tough to overcome for Texas Tech, but... Even having said that, I still like Texas Tech. I, I personally took them on the money line,
1: mm-hmm. minus
0: 110. That was when they were a favorite in this game, and now it looks like late on here, a couple hours till tip-off, and you can probably catch one at most books here locally, domestically, even one and a half at BetMGM. And yeah. uh, I, I still think that Tech is the side in this game, and it's because That's of their fair. defense. that yeah. The ACC does not play defense like Texas Tech does, and I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a rude awakening for Duke tonight in this game
1: okay well what about what happened to baylor against north carolina who doesn't play defense you just think because they play
0: yeah i mean north carolina hit a ton of shots too that that point guard got incredibly hot in the first half yeah um but and on the other side i also think that duke has been playing worse defensively lately allowing that many points to michigan state on sunday was a travesty that michigan state does not have an offense at all i know and uh, in the last seven games, Duke has played, like, 190th-ranked defense, if you filter it out on Bart Torvik. And so while Texas Tech is no great shakes on offense either, they're certainly better than Michigan State, and I think that they're going to get a lot of easy buckets tonight.
1: Okay. All right. We're on opposite sides all the way down here, America. Interesting. Let's go with the last one on Thursday here, Houston against Carolina. Uh Arizona's a, a half point favorite. I see two at Rivers, 145-and-a-half-point total at San Antonio. And this is, you know, we didn't talk about this game. Arizona was on the ropes. I mean, they they were basically done. Should have been beat, uh, likely, in that game. But, I mean, their guy, uh, what's dude's name? Matherin? How do
0: you say his last name? Benedict Matherin.
1: Yeah, the guy is, he's a stud, first of all. Hit the big bank shot. uh, Right? Was it a bank three or something?
0: No, I think he switched (laughs) that one. There there was definitely a banker in there somewhere, but that one was nuts on.
1: But he, was, he made a great shot that was critical. And then um, in, in overtime, they didn't overwhelm us. It, it was tight, but they played really well. Houston, you know, I mean, Calvin Sandsman took his shirt off. You saw that. I mean, he <laughs> I mean, didn't want to, but you did. Um, I just think that this is when Houston's going to run out of gas. I mean, I, they played good this last weekend. They played great, focused basketball, but I, I think Arizona – They got a big scare, and I think that's going to help them today. So I like the one-and-a-half for Arizona.
0: Yeah, it looks like uh, you can even get a one in some spots now. I mean, Houston is definitely the sharp side in this game,
1: I I would say. Defense.
0: Yeah, that defense is going to be tough. But I think that uh, out of any teams to go up against Houston, this Arizona outfit is certainly capable between Matherin and Coloco. Yeah, he's they, have, they have two players that Houston is not normally playing against in their American Athletic Conference. I mean, even compared to Kofi Coburn, I think Coloco is probably a more athletic inside big. And um, the key to this game is for the Wildcats to block out defensively. <laughs> they... Get a
1: defensive rebound. Oh my God, TCU had mm-hmm. 20 offensive rebounds in that game.
0: 20! And a TCU out hits the glass in their own right. I think third ranked offensive rebounding outfit, but Houston is number one. So yeah. this is definitely an area where I hope coach Lloyd and the crew focused on this week. I have every expectation that they did. And, yeah. and the key and the key for Arizona is if they grab those offensive or defensive rebounds, then they're going to get a ton of easy runouts because Houston mm-hmm. crashing the glass is just going to uh, make their transition defense even more porous. And that's where Arizona thrives. So, I think that's going to be super interesting to see early on who is winning that battle, and if it's Arizona, they could win this game comfortably.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Well, let's move to tomorrow night's games. Uh, well, I guess we should talk about potential matchups in the Elite Eight sure. here. Um, so, you know, and it doesn't have to hold. We, let's look the way you think. Do you think that um, you like the Zags in the first one and Michigan to win outright, or you think Villanova will win?
0: I th- I have Villanova. I have Villanova in that game.
1: Okay. And so you you still think, you think Tech's going to be Duke and Arizona's going to be East. Yeah. So you've got the Zags against Tech, and then you've got Nova, yeah, Nova you said, against uh, Arizona, yep. right? So, you know, in those games, where would you lean? I mean, it sounds like, I know you've got Tech pretty far. Do you have them in
0: your Final yeah. Four? Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sticking with my picks. I like Texas Tech and Arizona <laughs> in those games. <laughs>
1: Right. And look, I like Arizona in those games. I like Arizona in both games as well. I'm not sure. I mean, I did the Zags beating Tech. I do have Tech in my bracket. I just I have a sneaky feeling about Duke, man. I, I hate to put it out there and get bad juju. You know, my bracket's toast. You got a chance. Um, I kind of think Duke is going to take. I think Duke's going to take Tech. I think they beat Zags, too, uh, if they win. Uh, and, then, and maybe the officials are helping. Um, I'm not saying Duke's going to win the title. That's not what I'm saying. But if they play to their talent, I think they can. So um, I'm, I'm not rooting for it, by the way. I, I would definitely like Tech or, you know, even the Zags to, to advance. I
0: appreciate your rooting interest. That Duke already beat Gonzaga once this season, so they're certainly capable. Yeah.
1: Right, right. But in your, your mind, Tech would take out the Zags, and then you you think Arizona beat Villanova. Would that be fairly easily? Or do you think that would – because Nova – they don't have the athletes. They don't have the horses to run with those right. guys, right?
0: Well, I, I definitely wouldn't say that uh, Villanova is going to get beaten handily with their guard play. They're pretty steady. Yeah. But I do have Arizona as about five points better than them.
1: Yeah, that seems sounds about right. And then that, that Zags line with, say, Tech, they got to be pretty well favored in that game. So you'd definitely like an underdog, like a money line situation there.
0: Yeah, I do. I make that one about six, almost seven points.
1: Okay, you so heard it here, folks. If if Tech gets through against the Zags,
0: take that money line. Take that money yeah. line. Got to be a juicy. Number game. one offense versus number one defense should be quite the entertaining game.
1: That's right. Well, let's go to the Friday Sunday games. You've got St. Peter's against your Boilers. I, I can see where you're leaning on that one. Twelve and a half point favorites for for the Boilers at 135 points total, thirty five and a half point total. So. You know, 12 and a half is a pretty big number for such a low total game, and St. Peters' game, you know, for the last first two rounds. Obviously, Purdue gets to prepare for them for five days, which is critical. Um, and do you think that's the differentiator? I mean, obviously, St. Peters doesn't have two seven footers, but we've said this before in other matchups when Purdue just inexplicably gets ground their de- offense gets ground to a halt and their defense is that great and then they get beat so i don't this game but you think st Petersburg?
0: i think the spread is tough to be honest with you i, I make it 12.4 so mm-hmm. I, it's no play for me personally i i think if i were to be betting on the underdog here i would probably like them a little bit more in the first half thinking that they're going to be up for a game initially but then probably fizzle out late in the second half but for me my pick in this one is the under i think uh despite Purdue's lack of defensive effort in some games this season they have been remarkably better in the last several games on that end of the floor and i think that they're gonna have a game plan ready for saint peters so i I also Mm -hmm. think you have the added bonus of the large spread in this round of the tournament historically lends itself to a lot of unders and um, hmm. and Purdue, uh, you know, same kind of same argument to the to the Gonzaga and Arkansas game. I think that uh, you're looking at an under in this one as well.
1: Okay, again, this regional is in Philadelphia. So uh, then Providence at Kansas or Providence against Kansas. Kansas is a seven and a half point favorite, 141 and a half point total. This is in Chicago in the shy. Uh, so I'm in Kansas here. and I love the Kansas Jayhawks. Full disclosure, but. I just, at some point, this this entire train has to stop. I mean, seven and a half is a big number. They play a lot of close games, but I don't know. Can Providence slow down this offense? And I'm not really sure, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah this is a tough one for me. And honestly, I determined that I'm just going to pass this game altogether. I don't really have much on the side of the total. I, I do make it Kansas minus nine, but they have been under impressive so far. I was extremely surprised that Creighton kept the game that close. I think Amazing. the three-point shooting was a major factor, obviously, and you can't really handicap handicap that. But um, I would probably have a lean to Kansas, but it's a no-bet for me on both sides in total.
1: Well, and Creighton had like a mash unit, yeah. right? Didn't they have like that a guy? Match, they showed the bench, and they got the one guy,
0: and he's like
1: got the leg braced. The other guy's got the cast on his arm. It was like a <laughs> – I mean, they still on yeah, the top. Yeah, they were man. tied
0: with like a minute left in that game. Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing. Okay, the other two games. Uh, the Philadelphia game is North Carolina at UCLA versus UCLA. UCLA is a two and a half point favorite, 141 and a half point total. You like UCLA, you like the Bruins. I know you love Johnny Gaudreau. We know what happened last year, but UCLA they, they struggled a bit too over the weekend, right? They didn't play great. In the first game certainly. Um, yep, yeah. uh, and North Carolina is playing amazing. Do you think that this line is depressed because of North Carolina's performance, like it's a like it's a public
0: bet? Yeah, that, and uh, I think it's also a, a little bit of a tweener line because of the status of Jaime Yaquez. He right. is, has a hurt ankle, and apparently I've been trying to read every single thing I can this week on him, and not really gleaning much information. I did see one video of him walking to the bus, very gingerly, <laughs> I'll add, but <laughs> I think he's going to play tonight, and uh, for that reason, I think that there's value on UCLA here at the current number of two, two, two and a half, I think, mainly, at the board, and uh, I I also, I like Mick Cronin as a coach in this tournament, Ooh. and I think that uh, it's an advantage for UCLA to have the extra rest ahead of this one in prep time because their defense is excellent, 13th ranked, and I think that they're going to have something prepared for that North Carolina recently hot offense.
1: Yeah, they are on fire. Um, I don't know, man. I Certainly two and a half is, is a nice line. I, I kind of see this – is gonna play I kind of feel like this is gonna float up but maybe not um and originally yeah, I when I saw yeah when I saw this matchup I'm like I'm on North Carolina right away when I saw two and a half I'm like what I mean not that I'm shocked by it but and maybe it's just a Ken palm line I just thought Ucla would be a bigger favorite and I would take the dog but when it's two two and a half I mean it's just a bucket I mean that's free throws you know mm-hmm. down the stretch the game's close you hit a few free throws you win by three or four and that's it so it's a stay away for me, but I, I did like North Carolina if it's a bigger spread.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I I do think that one way or another, once the news of Hakez comes out, that you're gonna see this number move, and and maybe he's gonna play, but he's gonna be limited, and so in that case, you may not see much movement at all. But uh, I I do think if he's announced in, you might see UCLA three, three and a half, and this one is the closer.
1: Right. Okay, last game on Friday is Iowa State versus Miami. Very interesting scheduling, by the way. <laughs> I guess it's just automatic. Yeah. This is the last Chicago. Uh, Miami is a two and a half point favorite, 133 point total here. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on Miami. You have a two and a half. I I think that it's the offense right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Iowa State can play some D, but um, they've got some players on Miami can score. I think they're just going to be able to outpace Iowa State in this one. Um, Really, I mean, one of these teams, you're going to have a double digit seed in the final in the elite in eight, no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. So it sets up for, you know, dare I say, an easy path for either Providence or Kansas to make the final four. But I think these are the two teams. I mean, St. Peter's, of course, is Cinderella as well. But one of these is not what a couple of these teams are not like the others. And, and regardless, I don't see Miami advancing to uh, New Orleans.
0: Yeah, yeah, I concur. I also like Miami in this game. You've seen pretty sharp line movement to them. This one opened up with Iowa State as about a half-point favorite. And mm-hmm. right away, you saw the Hurricanes money coming in and uh, push it up to two and a half. And I think the big advantage that they have is their triumvirate of point guards, really. I mean, between Mcgusty, Wong, and Charlie Moore, they're all capable. And mm-hmm. Iowa State all season has built themselves on creating turnovers defensively they're fourth ranked creating turnovers but this miami team just doesn't turn the ball over only 13.6 right. of possessions earned and in a turnover and that's good for six in the country and so i think iowa state's gonna have a hard time scoring at all and i think miami wins this game pretty comfortably
1: yeah i agree with you on there so if we look at the sunday matchups that would set up purdue probably for sure against ucla likely um you know, you, you've got – you you don't have your boilers in the Final Four, by the way. just wanted you to know that. Yeah. So was that like a just personal hedge? Like, hey, I don't believe in my boilers, but I really want to root for them?
0: Well, uh, I, I root for my pocketbook, and okay. I've never once in my life seen Purdue make it to a Final Four. So I don't make money on betting things That's that have different. never happened before.
1: I get it. But here's the thing about Purdue. <laughs> there's no one seed. There's no two seed anymore. They're the high seed now. UCLA – They've certainly been there. Um, I talked about it. I mean, the Akron handicap worked out. But I don't know, man. I, I Of those three teams, I, I don't know. I mean, UCLA's better in your, in your rating, and they're better in Pong. But I haven't seen I, I'm very surprised. Like, I don't know. UCLA's metrics, I guess i got to see them play more. I've seen them play some pretty bad games this year. That's why it's weird. I mean, I've seen Purdue play sinkers too. But Purdue has talent, man.
0: They've got talent. And they well, might win that I mean,
1: game on Sunday. If they make it through, I think I think they're gonna win that game
0: on Sunday. Well, they're their odds on favorites to make it to the final four. Every I've looked around everywhere I've seen that's about minus one twenty five consensus on Purdue right. to make it to New Orleans. So the odds makers certainly agree with you and uh and I do agree that they match up pretty well both with UCLA and North Carolina. So now they just got to go out and make it happen. I, I did book an Airbnb in New Orleans for next weekend, so just in case.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Rainmaker's going to be down there too. Zach oh, yeah. Suter plan to go, so nice. Hook up with him. But well, let's let's look at. It. I mean, the thing is, what's interesting how this laid out, and not like they did it on purpose. But Saturday nights are the, is the better games. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. to me. I'm not going to say, and maybe we'll be wrong because I know you got to go to the the famous Virginia-Purdue Elite Eight game years ago, um, but I mean, Kansas, even or Providence, I I mean, I don't see either of those teams losing to Miami or Iowa State, but stranger things have happened, right? Certainly. Um, It could be a real blue blood final. If you get Kansas in, if UCLA does, you know, take out Purdue for you, you could have Duke, you know, Mm -hmm. even Arizona's an old blue blood, you know, it used to be a blue blood. It could be like a Oh, where, what, what year are we in here? Because all these yeah. teams are in the Final Four, but that would be funny. We'll I just don't see one of these surprise guys. Tech could be one. I mean, they're not surprised. They've been there before. I don't think Houston's making it back. And then um, on the top end, I mean, Villanova's certainly a blue blood as well. So I think this first game will tell me something, if it's going to be a wild weekend or not. But usually in this kind of round forward, the the better teams usually win, even if it's, it may not be seeded, but the better teams in Palm and stuff win.
0: Yep. Any updated predictions for a national champ from you?
1: <laughs> I'm sticking with Arizona still. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I still got Arizona and the zags left. But I'm telling you, man, if Duke, if Duke wins this game against Tech, I, I, I will start betting them money line every week, every game because I think, I just think that not just because the Coach K thing, I just, I saw something in them. You know, when they played Sparty, I know Sparty's not that good. We, we know they're not that good. Mm-hmm. But if you watch their games, they played really well. Their offense played good. Their defense was playing great. Duke just took it to another level. Maybe they're not. I mean, I think Arizona has about equal level of talent as Duke does. Um, maybe a little bit better talent than the Zags. Duke has better talent than the Zags, but Duke has got more talent than Purdue. You know, and UCLA and North Carolina on their end. I just, I mean, we obviously saw North Carolina beat them once, but um, it's going to be an interesting play out. So uh, maybe I'll be just rooting against them tonight so get get that out of the way
0: yeah it's just tough to win four straight games with a defense Mm -hmm. so porous i mean i'll say that for both duke and purdue so personally i'm sticking with arizona too
1: when i do the original analysis right you know we've talked about this before that the the champion usually damn it, just got raised the champion usually has to be top 25 or usually top 20 offense and defense right so and I kind of, you know, obviously, not all this is perfect, but that left, it was the Zags, Arizona, Kentucky was close there. They were like borderline. Baylor, UCLA, Houston, and then Auburn was on the fringe, too. Well, you've knocked out three of those teams. Zags, Arizona, UCLA, Houston. Those are the teams that fit the profile, right, of, of winning the, winning it all. It doesn't mean they can't make the, make the final game with below numbers. So... To me, I mean, you're right about UCLA. The, the metrics don't lie. They tell you that they should be there. But I just don't know if I trust it again. But you know, we'll see. And in, in Houston, hell, I mean, they, they played great last weekend. They, they didn't look good in their league play. So yeah, no doubt. who knows? You know? uh, but, I mean, this you know certainly Arizona's better on paper than Houston. Well, actually, they're not. They're actually pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. they're right there. They're Actually, Houston's two in Kenbaum versus three. And their combined totals – Houston's 20 when you look at offensive defensive efficiency they're 10 in both whereas Arizona's seven and 19 so technically Houston's a better ball club you know like at least the way I look at things but uh, I don't know action it's not been my year to predict uh, college basketball
0: <laughs> well I hope it's exciting nonetheless
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so it doesn't look like we have got any golf stuff this is, it looks like we're just going to close it out with college basketball yeah
0: you? just a match play tournament this week i didn't even bet okay. anything myself
1: okay gotcha gotcha all right well great well america we only got a couple more episodes left of this season we're going to do that again right after the championship i we not talking before but close out the season after the final four after the final four weekend and um, then take our break but you know so we'll, we'll still post stuff on on twitter and you know instagram and stuff as you follow us you know my nephew Cooper started an Instagram account for Side Action. Oh, why, sweet! So we can tag it and everything. He also social created media a, maven. I uh, know he also created a link tree, uh, which I'm familiar with very vaguely. So I have to add Twitter and the other handles to the link tree. You know, right. we're just learning this uh, social media stuff. But so follow us on all those different endeavors. So follow us at uh, Side Action on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, so, Side Action Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Wexpool on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Roberts.
1: All right. Well, enjoy the games, everybody.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.